Well, hello, oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities Oddities on Elm Street. Welcome back to episode 28. 28? 28? You were making me question myself again. (laughs) Yeah. We missed 27. And I, we did. I had a nightmare about it. I'm sorry. We we didn't miss it. I mean, we uploaded but it. We, we just didn't, didn't say, say it. it. <laughs> we suck at this. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you didn't listen to episode 27, you'll hear this. You didn't hear. You didn't say you're weak. I know. We're all, trying. To- we're all off. What week is it gonna be? You'll hear this week 21. <laughs> week 21. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. So listen to last week's episode and go sign the petition mm. that's in the podcast description, mm-hmm. please. Freaking please do it. And today we have a topic that was requested by our lovely patron, Coffin Surly. Coffin Surly. We love you so our much. First. <laughs> yes. And speaking of Patreon, we do have some patrons to shout out. Oh, yeah? Did we get their names? Yes. So, the one from last week Mm -hmm. is Jess. Jess. Big thank you to Jess. Hello, Jess. Welcome. She is part of the super spooky crew. Super spooky crew. And then we have Oliver. Oliver. And he joined the spookiest crew. Oh, Oliver. thank you. Thank you. Oliver. Welcome. We love and appreciate you. Your support. Ugh, We're so happy so to much. have you in our little family. Every time Bob tells me that we got another one, I cry. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Like, oh it my makes God. my day. Makes my Are life. You serious? Um, and we just finished filming our mini episode for this month. Uh, we talked about some of the scariest shit I've ever heard that's come out of the catacombs in Paris. Mm-hmm. So. Oi. Go to our Patreon. Check that out. It's patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. And also on the Patreon, you'll find a private email where you can send in topic suggestions like, like Coffin's Early did sure today. did. Wow. But yeah, so let's do our morbid tidbit before we <gasps> get yes, into I'm glad that you came prepared. <laughs> yes. I know. You were so mad at me last I week. I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen the Netflix show Unsolved Mysteries? One of the episodes on that show focused on the story of a girl named. Mm, yep, I was wondering if you were gonna, if you were gonna <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, so one of the episodes of that show focused on the story of Kayla Unbehan. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot how to say it. She was abducted when she was nine years old by her mother, who didn't have custody rights over her, and after six years. Someone who watched her episode on Netflix was able to identify her in North Carolina. And she went missing in Illinois. So, because of that show, she's now been found and reunited with her father. And according to Kayla's father, Kayla had been staying with her mother for a few days. And when he went to pick her up, both Kayla and her mother were gone. She had, like, Kayla's mother only had supervised visits Mm -hmm. with her. But yeah, she was spotted at a Plato's closet in Asheville, North Carolina. The stranger who saw her told a store employee who 
very discreetly call the police. So Kayla's mother is now being, she's now facing charges related to her abduction and is being held on a $250,000 bond. So yeah, it's kind of a cool little story. Not really a morbid tidbit, but That's really interesting. interesting though. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it feel like it gives other people hope. Yeah. That, you know, it definitely it's does. a long fucking time. Six but years. it came around. Yeah. Did, do you know if, like, did she know that she was missing? Like, I wonder what the I don't extent know. of all that is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out more. Yeah. Did you, you know, goes on, you but. gotta give, like, updates, because I still wonder about the dentist. Oh, the protein shakes? Mm -hmm. I know. I gotta go back and, like, write everything need, down like, and you just... Need, like, a, you need a Google alert. Yeah. 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 So, um, like I said earlier, the topic we're doing today was suggested by Coffin Sir Lee, Thank our you. patron. After listening to... I don't know what episode it was, but we mentioned... Um, Anatoly mm. Moskvin. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I always knew we'd talk about it eventually. But here we are. Um, so I'm glad that... I'm glad we're doing it. It's a good one. It is. It's, yeah. So mm -hmm. let's get into it. As a young boy, Anatoly was walking down a rural road on his way home from school when he stumbled upon a group of robed figures carrying a casket. When they saw Anatoly watching from a distance, they grabbed him and dragged him to the body of an 11-year-old girl lying dead in her coffin, and what happened next would change the trajectory of his life to come. Anatoly Moskvin was born in the city of Gorky in Soviet Russia on September 1st, 1966. It's now called something else. I'm not even going to attempt yeah. to pronounce that. I, I don't blame you there, ma'am. <laughs> so he was an only child. He was incredibly smart, like super smart, like genius level smart. Top notch. Yeah. yeah. He was one of the highest achieving students in his class, even as a child and as an adult. He spoke 13 languages. That he taught himself. That he taught himself. Like, excuse me? Yeah. Who the fuck are you? I've been on Duolingo for more than a year, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there, but, like, damn. <laughs> it's insane. And he wrote several books. Um, he's just... He's very smart. He's got a noggin on him. Yeah. But as we see with many children that have high IQs, he struggled socially. So from the time he was a young child, he was really quiet and reserved. He preferred to spend his time in seclusion. He just had difficulty engaging and relating to children his own age. And so instead, he would often spend most of his time reading and learning new things, like 13, 13 different languages. languages. Yeah, yeah. But when he was around nine years old, things changed. At this age, he was in third grade, and while walking home from school, a man approached him, dragged him to a secluded area, and sexually assaulted him. This is something that now, looking back, we can see definitely, like, had an effect on him, mm -hmm. and may have even been a contributing factor into who he'd become and the things he would do later in life. Um, 
And this assault was something he would never disclose, not even to his parents. And it's just, he just held on to it for so over many, 40 years. So many people do, I feel like, especially men. Yeah. And there's something like it's shameful just double about standard. It. Yeah. It's so stupid. It is. But, and I, I would assume it's even worse, like in the time that he was assaulted. Yeah. I, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. His parents noticed that something inside of him had shifted. His temperament had changed. He was once docile and gentle, and suddenly now he was angry and violent. Mm -hmm. He was having these sudden outbursts, and instead of seeking help, they, his parents, instead withdrew themselves and just sort of tried to let him sort through these emotions himself. Mm -hmm. And as we know... As people who research a lot of true crime, uh, a child that experiences a traumatic event coupled with, you know, this responsibility at such a young age to just deal with it without ever really understanding what's happening inside of you, that's a, a your recipe for disaster. The only people that you seem to have a relationship with are withdrawing from you yeah. instead of helping you at, what, nine, ten years old? Nine, nine years old, like, Yeah. What what a confusing thing for a child. That's going to mess you up yeah. so much. And it doesn't help that when Anatoly was around the age of 13, he was stopped by a group of people wearing black cloaks, mm. carrying the coffin of a young girl. According to Anatoly in an article he had published in a publication called Necrologies, the girl was 11-year-old Natasha Petrova, And at the time, he believed these people were performing some sort of ritual or, like, black magic. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was dragged to the coffin and forced to kiss the dead girl's face. Like, his his face was literally pushed down onto her forehead. Yeah, he said, like, he could feel her waxy face on him, like... (sighs) Yeah, and in this article, he wrote, quote, I kissed her once, then again, and then again, explaining that there was nothing he could do but, you know, kiss her. Then he explains how the girl's mother placed a wedding ring on his finger and another ring on her dead daughter's finger. So as a child, he's now believing that he's married to this deceased 11-year-old girl. Did you figure out, like who or what these people are the funeral people like some sort of religion some sort I of I have no idea I have no idea and honestly some people don't even believe this happened mm. secretarians I found a documentary and it said them hmm. secretarians cuz that's what like my mind is so like geared toward like what like if it's true like who the fuck are these people yeah well and that's what i mean is there are people that doubt that this even happened this is something that is only from anatoly's account and like i looked up the name of that girl natasha petrova it's a very popular name by the way um i couldn't find anything that suggested that you know She's an 11-year-old girl that passed away and whatever. So, 
that's all we have, unfortunately. But, um, you know, he's obviously has things going on inside of him that he doesn't understand. And if this really did happen, it's... I'm just going to say stranger things have happened. Oh, yeah. So, like, obviously he's not seeming like a very reliable source, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm i not going to, like, completely... Disregard yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, so also in his... The article that mm-hmm. he wrote, he said, quote, My strange marriage with Natasha Petrova was useful because it led to his mm. belief mm-hmm. and kind of his obsession with black magic, cemeteries, burial rituals, and death. So as an adult, Anatoly attended Moscow State University, where he studied philology. I didn't even know that was a thing. Phil, 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 Phil. What is it? (laughs) Phil, not the science. It's supposed to be Bill. (laughs) I Um, I hate myself. Um, so he studied philology, which is the study of literature and language, Mm. and he specialized in Celtic history. He had an advanced degree in Celtic studies, and he especially loved their folklore. He became a lecturer and worked at the Institute of Foreign Languages. Again, he's just a really smart dude. But his social life was still lacking. He didn't date. He didn't have many friends. And he still lived at home with his parents, even after graduation. And even while still living with his parents, they mostly avoided him. And they were gone from, like, April to October every year, Yeah, they traveled. Yeah, they traveled and they spent a lot of time away from home. So he was, like, very secluded. Yeah. Um, And instead of going out and socializing, he would just kind of roam around from cemetery to cemetery. He was commissioned by a fellow academic and publisher to summarize summarize and list the dead in more than 700 cemeteries in 40 different regions. So, over the next two years, he visited exactly 752 cemeteries. He walked up to 20 miles a day, drank from puddles, spent the night in haystacks at abandoned barns, and studied the past of those who were buried in these cemeteries. Oftentimes, he would even sleep in the cemeteries and would use the vacant coffins as a bed Why not? just days before another person would be laid to rest in it. It's better than the haystacks, I would assume. I don't know how comfy a coffin would be. I, I mean, know. you're going to lay someone there to rest for the rest of their lives. It's probably uh, a little bit more cushiony. You're probably right. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking of like a one they'd keep vampires in. <laughs> like straight wood (laughs) right right um so yeah very a very interesting little hobby i mean he's technically he's working so anatoly also published a series documenting his travels and discoveries through these cemeteries one was called great walks around cemeteries and another titled what the dead said what the dead said these writings were published in that weekly paper called necrologies this was a newspaper that pretty much published like obituaries and stories about cemeteries and famous dead people sometimes yeah. 
And what's interesting is that the editor later, the editor of that paper, said they kind of had an internal struggle going on sometimes with allowing some of Anatoly's articles to be published in the paper, particularly the ones where he discussed the incident with the 11-year-old girl that he was quote-unquote married to. The editor noted that by Anatoly's tone in these articles, it sounded like he really felt like he was in fact married to this little girl, and he would often go into detail about how deep the love he had for her was. That should have been a red flag, uh, but they brushed it off, and they, you know, later they just said they thought Anatoly was just a quirky, lonely guy, <laughs> meant no real harm, you know? So, visiting these cemeteries had consumed Anatoly, but he was happy doing this. There were also a few occasions where people were called, or people, where police were called into these cemeteries to investigate because locals thought that someone was vandalizing the gravesites. But when police would arrive and Anatoly was there, he would just give them his he's credentials and be pardoned, yeah, because he's technically there to do his job. But these graves would continue to be desecrated, sometimes being completely dug up. Locals were continuing to call police after noticing that the graves of their loved ones had been tampered with, and it appeared as if they had a grave robber on the loose. So, Anatoly, up until this point, has had two very traumatic things happen to him as a child, and it completely changes his demeanor and affects his interests now as an adult that he can, now that he's able to choose who he wants to be, mm -hmm. how he wants to spend his free time. He's still very secluded. Some people were calling him eccentric. What did they call him? Eccentric. Mm. Just kind of a weird dude. You know, mm. he's just into weird things. No big deal. But it went much deeper than that. And not even the people closest to him could have ever prepared themselves. So, in 2009, police were looking into this supposed grave robber. Mm -hmm. And initially... The Russian Interior Ministry spokesman, that's a, that's a mouthful, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, General Valerie Grabankin. <laughs> Grabankin. I mean, that's what, it, that's what it looks like it's spelled like to me. <laughs> that's what it. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah. They'll know too. We'll get yeah. it. Yeah, okay. So, uh, that person <laughs> told CNN that their lady, their... Now oh, you got me all fucked up. <laughs> Who's oh the one God. drinking? <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Okay. They told CNN that their leading theory was that it was being done by some extremist organizations. Hmm. But for nearly two years, their leads went nowhere. 
Graves were continuously being desecrated, and no one knew why. Then, there was a break in the investigation following a terrorist attack at an airport in Moscow in 2011, and shortly afterward, authorities began hearing reports of Muslim graves being desecrated. So, when they arrived at the cemetery, they could see that someone had been painting over the pictures of dead Muslims, but not damaging anything else. So, they kind of thought back to the times where they would show up at these grave, sti- these grave sites, who and was who there? was always there but was let off? Anatoly Moskvin. <laughs> so, on <laughs> November 2nd, 2011... Anatoly was arrested on suspicion of grave desecration, and because of this, they now had permission to search his apartment, and what they found would shock the entire world. They entered the small apartment that Anatoly shared with his parents. It was in complete disarray. There were stacks of books and clothes strewn throughout the entire place, The piles of books and papers were so high that the floor wasn't even visible. And then they saw a large doll with curly blonde hair wearing a silk wedding dress with a long veil. And it wasn't just that. There was another doll wearing a knitted hat, a purple sweater, white tights and shoes. She was sitting up in a corner with her legs crossed. And then another doll and another. They were everywhere. Some of them were lying on top of books, some lying on furniture. They all had this beige fabric pulled across their faces with painted on eyes. Buttons. Yeah. Sewn on for eyeballs so that they could watch cartoons. Yeah. As he says. Yeah. Um, They somewhat resembled antique dolls, because they were wearing older clothing. They had makeup painted on their faces. But police would soon discover that these were not just life-size dolls. (sighs) These dolls were actually the mummified remains of children. So I saw different reports on the oldest one that he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw 19 somewhere, but then in another place I saw 25. The fuck? But we do know that the youngest was only three years old. Oh my God. And in total, 26 bodies that had been robbed from their graves, preserved and dressed as dolls. When police moved one of the bodies, it played music. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, absolutely not. Inside the chests of many of the dolls, Anatoly had embedded music boxes. Along with the dolls, police discovered nameplates taken from different headstones, maps of various cemeteries, and instructions for making these dolls from human remains. Some of the mummies had clothing and personal belongings inside of them. Um, one had a piece of her own gravestone with her name on it placed inside of her body. Another contained a hospital tag with the date and the cause of her death. 
And in another body, they found a dried human heart. A dried, a dried heart. What? I don't like, know. like, what the fuck? I don't know. Was man. it hers? I don't know. I don't know. Um. So he admitted to police that he would stuff their decaying corpses with rags. Uh, he said he would then wrap nylon tights around their heads before painting these doll-like faces onto them. He would insert buttons or toy eyes into their eye sockets so that they could, quote, watch cartoons with him. Yeah. He said that, for the most part, he loved these dolls, but there were a few that he kept in the garage because he didn't really care for them anymore. He was interviewed by police at the station. He admitted that he made those dolls over the course of 10 years. And his parents, who shared that apartment with him, they were completely clueless that these dolls were literally made from human flesh and bone. Maybe don't, like, fucking withdraw from your child once they start showing signs of, um, violence. Yeah. Like, I how don't know. do you have... How does your son have 26 life-sized doll? Like, that in itself should be... That's like... Uh, enough of a an alarm bell going off in your head that just like maybe, maybe you should have a conversation. Out. I don't know. <laughs> like something. he is in he's what 45 years old when this happened. Uh, I just I I don't and get the it. Quote that she was like, "Well, I didn't see any harm in it. The only thing that I was worried about was when you would talk to them." <sighs> like and she would say, "Are you a child?" are you playing with them? Like, ma'am, that is at least of the concerns right now. Oh my God. I, see, I didn't even see that. I did see where she said, she said, quote, we saw these dolls, but we did not suspect that there were dead bodies inside. Which we like, thought it was his hobby to make such big dolls and did not see anything wrong with it. I watched the documentary on doll maker had a lot of quotes yeah like that and just i don't know if you're looking for more information it was it was a very low budget <laughs> film <laughs> but it was still informational so, yeah i don't know fact 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 um so yeah police police ultimately matched his footprints to the ones near the desecrated graves, so they knew without a doubt that they had their grave robber. Um, so as we already know, Anatoly's mental state probably affected his decision-making. And when asked why he had done this, he had a few things to say. Firstly, he said that he dug the little girls up because he was lonely. He said that his biggest dream was to be a father and to have lots of children. And not only was he single, but he had also tried to adopt a child at one point, but was denied because he didn't have enough income, which is probably for the best. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's so sticky when it's like, 
okay, what would it have looked like? Yeah. Like, did he snap and go to this because, like, having an adopted child would be a saving grace? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I, I, I get what you're saying, though. That it's, it's probably In hindsight, best. we can say that it's probably for the best, but would that have changed the outcome? Right. Like, would he have not put all that energy into digging up and, right dead people and then drying them and yeah putting fucking music boxes in them and right like, like but there's just such a rabbit hole to think it, yeah i was gonna say but there's so much yeah there's so many different little right paths where you can say i wonder what if yeah, this would have happened instead and um he so he was asked if he had any sexual attraction to the dolls. He denied that. Mm-hmm. He said he truly felt like they were his own children. Like he would celebrate holidays and birthdays with them. Um, he said he was holding out hope that science would eventually find a way to bring them back to life. And then he'd just you know have twenty six kids. Yeah. And Interesting in the- that they're all female though, right? That is kind of what worried me mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in one of the quotes, he specifically said he always wanted a daughter. Um, okay. But uh, my thing is, is the he, this is a person who believes he's married to an 11-year-old little girl, right? Um, and now he has these the, the bodies of these little little girls is he is he sane enough to to lie about the sexual aspect of it i don't know you know that's a very good question you know part of me says Mm-mm. part of me says very because to me he doesn't seem he doesn't seem like he'd be able to uh, come up with, like, yeah, I know what a, you're saying. An, a, you know, come up with like a uh, cover story, right, right, right. But it's hard too because then you have people saying that they don't believe the situation with the little girl mm-hmm. getting married to her took place, and that he came up with that. And he, some people even saying he came up with the sexual assault that happened to him in third grade. So it's like. And that's shitty. But you're di- but he's diagnosed by a psychiatrist with schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia. I don't it's feel like, like that's something you can fake. Um mm-mm. so mm-mm. And that just it, it's so sad that people have these conditions and don't get any help. Yeah. When there is help available but instead no one like gives a fuck about him so they go on and do these horrible things when they're not there right and it's not it's hard because it's like how do you differentiate him doing these horrible things but possibly not being a horrible person because he's not even in control of his own thoughts Mm -hmm. and delusions Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right and some people don't even believe in mental illness yeah just fucking pray it away right right yeah it's tough it's a tough situation 
Um, so yeah, in the meantime, while he is supposedly waiting for science to come around, he used a solution of salt and baking soda to preserve their bodies as best he could. Mm-hmm. Do you know what kind of schizophrenia he was diagnosed with? They said paranoid schizophrenia. Which is the worst one, for yeah. sure. Oy. Yeah. So that was where he was. Um... He also said he dug the girls up from their graves because he felt as if their parents had abandoned them and he felt sorry for them. Even in court, he addressed the victims' families, saying, quote, You abandoned your girls. I brought them home and warmed them up. Like, what the fuck? And, oh my god, when I was listening to the documentary and they were saying, like, Oh, he- you know, it was all consensual because mm-hmm. he would lie on the graves and ask them if they wanted to. Yeah. Also, during the trial, they found out how he chose which child he would take. He would look through obituaries, and if he came across one that connected with him, yeah, he would visit the child's gravesite. He would then sleep on the grave, and he believed that by doing this, it would become clear to him whether or not the spirit of that child wanted to be, quote-unquote, brought back to life. And this is also something that he studied because he was an expert on Celtic culture. Uh, The Druids used to sleep on the graves of the dead to communicate with their spirits. That's interesting. He claims to have done this for around 20 years, and he insisted that when he first began, he never dug up any of these children without their permission, but eventually, as he got older, it became physically painful, and he was too uncomfortable to continue sleeping on their graves, so he would instead dig them up, bring them back home, and then sleep next to their bodies and try to hear them speak. If the girl gave him permission to bring her back to life, he had a process he would go through that included mummifying their corpses with that mixture of salt and baking soda. He would try to dry their bodies out and stretch fabric over their skin and paint faces on them. He would also stuff their bodies with rags so that they wouldn't cave in when they were decomposing. Um... Sometimes he would pour, like, a wax coating over their faces. I'm sorry, but drying a body out just... Uh, every time I've heard it, it just really... Uh, oh, God, it just... Just... Can you I, imagine the smell? No, I can't. I don't want to. But the thought of it is like, oh, God, and 26 of them. What the fuck? I don't see how his parents didn't know, if I'm being honest. I feel like the stench would be overwhelming. Um, and then he would dress them up, put wigs on them, put makeup on them, so on and so forth. By doing all of this, it made the corpses of these girls appear to be homemade, life-size dolls, which is probably what allowed it to go unnoticed for so long. And I guess one of the corpses he had for almost nine years. Nine years? So, Anatoly 
admitted that he was aware that by doing this he was committing a crime, but felt so strongly that the dead children were calling out to be saved that he believed it was more important than obeying the law. Although only the 26 bodies were discovered in his home, Anatoly was suspected of desecrating as many as 150 graves after police found numerous items like nameplates removed from their headstones. So it's believed that it could have been more than just those 26. He was charged with the desecration of graves and dead bodies, which carries a sentence of up to five years in prison. But after, that's like nothing. That know, blows I my know. mind. Five years? Right. Up to five years. Right. Wow. Then like, get caught with a little bit of pot. <laughs> right. In there for life. That's crazy. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. So he received a psychiatric evaluation. It was determined that he was suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. So during his 2012 hearing, he was deemed unfit to stand trial, which released him from criminal liability. He was instead sentenced to something they call coercive medical measures. Mm -hmm. He was moved to a psychiatric clinic and has since been retested every year to see if he could be criminally charged, but each time he's still been deemed unfit for trial. He has spent the last 11 years in a mental hospital with authorities refusing to release him. However, recently... Some of the medics at the hospital have been pushing for his release because they don't believe there's a medical reason to keep him there. And if he gets a new diagnosis that categorizes him as quote-unquote incapacitated, Mm -hmm. he could be released to live with relatives or some sort of caretaker instead of being held in the hospital or in prison. Interesting. So, and I think that was um, a discussion happening in 2020. And obviously, the families of the victims are not too happy about that idea. Yeah. One of the mothers of the children explained how shocked she was to have been regularly visiting the grave of her daughter, not even realizing that her body wasn't laid to rest beneath her, but had instead been turned into a doll. Jesus. This mother said, quote, I had her for 10 years. He had her for nine. Wow. Um, That's brutal. His parents now, because of this, live in complete isolation. Their community has pretty much shunned them. And his mother even suggested that uh, she and her husband just kill themselves. But, but the, he wasn't but, into it. Yeah, he refused. <sighs> Anatoly Moskvin is now 56 years old. He wishes to be released so that he can finally marry his girlfriend and work as a foreign language tutor. Apparently now he's ready to put all of this behind him and move on with his life. But allegedly, upon his arrest, Anatoly told authorities not to bother reburying the girls too deeply as he will simply unbury them when he is released. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a rating on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. Also, for exclusive content like mini-episodes and case information, check out our Patreon at patreon.com oddities on Elm Street. 
Thank you all so much for the love and support, and remember to always keep it spooky.